Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only, the one who didn't leave us in the transfer portal, Mr. Daniel Drewsberry Jr. Darren, you are still in the portal, though, right? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, how many people are, how many other podcasts are talking to you? I need to know, I need to know what my a, price range is here. A whole zero. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no competition. Yay. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I say the transfer portal because Nebraska is out here making moves in the portal. The Cornhuskers have just recently got in a quarterback from Georgia. And let me get this kid's name right. I I don't pay enough attention to Nebraska football to like, hey, who's this kid coming into this program? But let's see if we can get the lad's name right. Because I think he at least deserves that. Dylan Rayola. Okay. That's the guy's name. He comes by way of Georgia. Uh, he's leaving because Carson Beck, the current starting quarterback of Georgia, says, I'm not leaving. I'm coming back. Oh, and his uncle, I think, is, was the offensive line coach at Nebraska, and his dad played there. So the point is, he's a really talented player. He's a really highly talented player. Would start for almost anyone else in the country. Will be the starting quarterback in Nebraska next year, unless something goes majorly wrong, and we hope that doesn't happen. So, Darren, I, that made me think of a conversation you and I have had on this podcast before about the transfer portal and what, what if any good it does for college football. And there were people who said, "Well, all it's going to do is make the rich get richer." Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan and Texas and Oklahoma and USC are, all, are, run the, are going to run the country. All you did was sign your death warrant to anyone else winning a national championship for the next 50 years. I said, hmm, let's think about that for a second. Before you had to ask a coach permission to leave, and there were rules about you couldn't transfer within, a certain, within your own conference. You couldn't go from Alabama to LSU or from LSU to Vanderbilt or whatever. And you had to sit out a year. Now, if it's your first time, you're eligible to play right off the bat. You can just go. And I said, let's think about this for a second. Let's let's, let's slow that down. You're probably going to have a more even distribution of the wealth. And this looks like that might be the case. So, does this kind of prove? And I'm not asking you to to validate my own opinion. Like I'm not asking you to 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 you know blow smoke on my ass or anything. I'm not asking you to do that. But does this kind of prove me right? That you know what we might have a spreading of the wealth kind of yeah. deal. Well, I mean, look at uh, what's his face uh, uh, from Ohio State that just I yes. literally don't care Kyle about McCord. his name who just ended up in Syracuse. A team that not a single person outside of that small area in New York gives a damn about. A team that just fired the head coach. So, that's, I mean, and again, like, he's a solid quarterback. I'm not going to sit there and think, say he's the most elite of the elite. I really don't believe that. But he's a pretty dang good quarterback who's coming from a historically, as much as I hate to say it, pretty up there program. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one way to say it. Uh, head coach notwithstanding. <laughs> 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 so, it, it, 
that just kind of shows the right there. Now, in, in some points, that might uh, one particular example that might um, uh, uh, point against that uh, and, and support the rich getting richer standpoint is that Oregon loses Bo Nix and immediately gets. Uh, uh, I don't Dylan even remember. Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, Dylan and, Gabriel. And 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 they got some kid from USC. Mm-hmm. They got two quarterbacks in the span of a week. Yeah. By oh, the they, oh, they got the the USC guy that dropped that dropped uh, or that entered the transfer portal after. Uh... If if memory serves, I think they did. Because uh, I remember, I remember thinking uh, to myself, Malachi was that his name, Malachi something. It, it may have been. Because I, I remember looking at that and going, "Are you sure you want to? Like, did you see what just happened?" Yeah. yeah. F- funny, I remember Malachi and not Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching me call too many old kill games. You heard the name Malachi Lewis a lot. That's what it is. But so, uh, but I think we're seeing more. M- I think we're seeing it happen more frequently than not. That. A seemingly big signing, or uh, or or, com- <clears throat> or uh, a previous commitment or something, get picked up by these lesser exciting programs that you know that we wouldn't really normally even you know spend a breath on, uh, at least between the two of us uh, generally. So for now, it's seeming like that's the case uh, obviously it's kind of hard to go oh yeah this guy's going to be amazing in, in nebraska and blah 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 because uh, i don't i don't know anything about him we as far as i'm aware he hasn't really stepped foot on the field much uh but again to be picked up by georgia is it has to say enough like right actually, actually i'd like to issue a correction and, and I do I do apologize for the entire conversation we had. The conversation is not invalid. It just it started from the wrong place. This kid was committed to Georgia and then flipped his commitment. Today is National Signing Day. Ah, so I this did. is not this is not a portal thing. This is a I simply am not going to enroll in Georgia. Ah. So I, I do apologize for that. I, I I don't know why I made that connection. I guess I forgot that signing day is a thing in December. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, okay. Because I saw a few things about, obviously I saw the Mountaineer signing day stuff. And then I saw that Georgia flipped the number one safety and, and um, the Buckeyes stole the wide receiver from, you know, from Miami and stuff like that. But I didn't see anything come across from Nebraska. So yeah, I, I, either way to, 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 to come out of the to, to decide that you're not going to go to Georgia and go to Nebraska, that still says something. Did okay, this actually does have the transfer portal written on it because it actually kind of well, in a way, yes. Matt Rule, the Nebraska head coach, was talking a few weeks ago about the price of college football now. He said the top players are are demanding seven figures in NIL money. To, 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 to go to your big it's free agency and we knew that was coming but seven figures that, that, that this is wild mm-hmm. you'll make more money now in NIL in one year in college and you go a a average in, like you know a draft in, in the NFL draft yeah and uh, the part of it is yeah part of it goes all right whatever fine but another part of it kind of goes 
your part of it just doesn't feel right and then to sit there like for any any high schooler uh supposedly or, or even a transfer portal guy but especially a guy coming out of high school potentially to go oh i know i'm a big name recruit and i'm only an 18 year old um give me give me a bunch of money when you've literally not stepped on the field yeah I'm it, you, but... It's like what I, I can kind of understand it in the apparently one of the factors for McCord out of Ohio State was obviously Ryan Day straight up said that the entire roster was was under scrutiny, which is to be fair, uh, perfectly acceptable. That is exactly what should be happening uh, at all times, honestly, but especially after. <laughs> The debacle that is uh, they've lost three straight to Michigan. So, uh, but part of uh, so that being one reason of entering the transfer portal, the second reason supposedly being NIL considerations. And uh, so, you you understand it to a point if you're someone in that position, but if you're not in that position, uh, it starts just to see it starts to feel like more of a you're not here to go to school or play football you're just here to reap the short term benefits well they're damn sure ain't here to play school yeah it's like i i i it, it doesn't feel right i view, uh, sorry go ahead as it, it Part of it I understand. The other part of it, I'm like, this just this feels like the part that you get you got worried about when nil became a thing. Mm. Yeah, and this may this may be me be like, oh, I'm never gonna be in that situation. I don't know what it's like. I don't have any idea about you know all this, and and that's true. None of that is incorrect, but to me, I I really don't think that anyone should be entering the portal or wanting to leave a program just to benefit from NIL. NIL should be a bonus. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be the reason. Mm -hmm. I gave a great, I gave a great example, an offensive lineman, you know, let's just, you know, pick, pick one of those great WVU offensive lines in the past, right? NIL at its most basic and for lack of a better word, wholesome form is allowing that offensive lineman who would never get any mind paid to memory, but as a local celebrity in Morgantown and in, in the state of West Virginia to go to a car dealership and sign autographs and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. It's not meant for the quarterback to go driving around a Rolls Royce. Yeah. There is a difference. There is a distinct difference. I have no problem with the, with the, with the uh, car dealership offering. I have not even have, I haven't even have, I don't even have a problem with the car dealership giving him a car. Like yeah. giving him, like give give you a little like JJ Weatherholt just got yeah. a, a Ford from the uh, the dealership that sponsors him. That's fine. Yeah, but to have you know a quarterback going, well, okay, I want a Ferrari, I want a, a, a million and a half, I want you know all this. Stop. Mm-hmm. Like you, no. I'm sorry, but no. A, a great example. Uh, this is what this has turned into. Do you remember when Nick Saban was on the Pat McAfee show and McAfee said he wanted a scholarship? Yeah. And Saban was like, is that all you want? 
Yeah, you like, I will sign. I will. Say? I will sign you right now. Come here. <laughs> and yeah, Pat's like, but I might still have a year of eligibility. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> that, that 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 that's a perfect. Like, that's the perfect example of what the portal has done to this sport. Where you've got someone like Saban, like that's all you. That's all you need. I don't have to go out here and do fifteen million different things. I mean that that, that that's just perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is uh, we said it when it happened, and we'll say it again. This is not the sport you grew up with. It may look like it, but it's not. Yep. Yeah, we were all screaming about it because we wanted our video game back. We got the video game back, but at what cost? <laughs> Now, let's move to the actually labeled pro-athletes instead of people who are really pro-athletes but are still called student-athletes for some reason. No one has quite figured out yet. The Patriots lost to the Chiefs. Surprise, surprise. I don't care about the game. I care about this. Did we learn anything in that game about either team? Or is it just, okay, it happened, move on? Um, I mean... The fact that the Patriots put up any kind of fight against them was a surprise. Regardless of the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are not last year's Kansas City Chiefs and have um, lead the league in drops, um, and one of them leading to an interception for our uh, rookie defender, um, it, it doesn't... It, it, it shows a little bit more about the Patriots... Than it does about the Chiefs. The Chiefs, it it we knew they were going to win, and they did what they've been doing this season. And like I said, that's dropping the ball and putting themselves in precarious situations where they only won by ten points against a three and ten team. Um, when last uh, last year, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, this is a forty point spread, and I don't want to hear any other argument against it. <laughs> Oh, you, there, there is none. There is none. Exactly. Last year's Chiefs have obliterated obliterate the Patriots. That game's over in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it says more about the Patriots that they, they, despite the fact that they're still losing, they're still trying to fight. The, the, the players are showing some type of care. A little bit. A little bit. A slight bit. But I'll take it. With it's still that, depressing. It's still upsetting, but nothing. This this game is a better. This the outcome was still better than I expected. Uh, yes, I'll say this much. I had hope in that game. Late in the game, I was like, "There's actually a chance to beat the Chiefs. This is the game." I was fine with that. Like I knew they were going to lose the game, but I was fine with the possibility of a little minuscule bit of hope. Because yeah. I haven't had that all year. Yeah. I haven't had that since week one against uh, the Eagles. <laughs> the the worst the worst feeling though was that I didn't even know the game. I did I had no care in the world to even check if the game was available at the one o'clock time slot slot for me to watch because it was flexed out of Monday Night Football for a reason. So I I just assumed ah eh, it's just not even gonna be whatever so I didn't look and I just happened to be scrolling through because I was wanting to find something to watch and I was like well let's see what the other what other games are on and then it just happened to show up on the TV guide I'm like okay I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll pop it on and then I look at the score and I'm like 
okay, it's halftime. This is surprising. <laughs> and that's where my luck went, ran out. I should have on the team. No, you should not have. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, 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 I thought the same thing. I was like, there's no way. And I went to see what, because I'm like, the Steelers are on Saturday. The Bengals are on Saturday. What kind of game are we going like, what, what to like? What are we going to have? And I looked and I was like, Kansas City Chiefs not doing that. What the hell? Why is that here? And uh, I was like, I I really thought you knew because I knew like probably Wednesday or something like that because I'm like, oh, I was going to tell him, but I really thought you knew. That's why I didn't tell you. And uh, I watched that game. And I'm like, I know we're going to lose the game. But let's assume Belichick does leave the organization at the end of the year. That's the last televised home game. Like, that was the last chance we had, in all likelihood, to watch Bill Belichick coach the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. Just like this week against the Broncos, an an NFL Network game might be the last chance I get. I don't know about you. You have NFL Network on on the live stream stuff, don't you? I think... Did you watch the lunch? Did you watch the the Frankfurt game? Yes. Okay, then you have NFL Network. Uh, we're on Christmas Eve. We're on the we're the night game. We are the late night game Sunday night, and that might be the last chance you and I get to watch Bill Belichick coach the Patriots. I hate to be that way, but it's true. <laughs> Damn. I know. It's 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 gonna hit me, especially if that doesn't end up being the case. Like I'm gonna, I watched that game on Sunday with great intent. I haven't watched the Patriots game with that much intent for a while, and it, and it was really because I was soaking up. Like, he's they're not gonna they're not gonna have a camera dedicated to him or anything, not until it's his last game and they know it is. But it it it, it was a little bit weird. I'm not gonna lie, and it will be weird on Sunday night. I I can assure you that. Um, but to to that end talking about Belichick did did this team showing more of an offensive fight and winning the game in Pittsburgh last week and then putting up more points than I think either of us really expected did this did this kind of show that you know maybe there's some hope for this team after all like hey pieces are starting to come we're discovering some dudes here like did, did this kind of lean I, I know you and I are kind of on the fence about whether Kraft has really made its decision or not, but did this performance, and if, especially if they beat the Broncos, uh, what do we have after the Broncos game before the Jets? Uh, I guess we go to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if they finish, you know, <clears throat> three and two, whatever, in the last five games, whatever. Did, did, did this kind of show you, hey, you may not want to get rid of Bill just right quick. It's it's possible, um, it, it, especially given some of the pieces that we know we're missing. I mean, not we haven't had, basically had a healthy team since the first month of the year, um, and you know, we're probably going to have some high draft. We're definitely going to have some high draft capital. Um, so it, it, it's interesting, but the the thing that I've seen come across. Uh, is that if there's going to be a decision made, it needs to be immediate. Basically, as soon as we know the season's over, the decision has to be made because 
that gives the team the best opportunity to start preparing for the draft and next season. So if he's gone, it needs to be immediate. As soon as the clock hits zero on the, the final game, which I believe what the jets is the last game of the season, right? Yep. And be done. We, we all, you know, grieve and we, they find themselves a new guy. So that way, this team can take this this draft capital it's going to have and build for the you know the foreseeable future um, or the same thing goes with that is give give Belichick the reins say I right, Belichick's the guy for at least one more year use that draft capital and go with it and prepare for the next guy and if you screw it up this time bye basically um, because if if he does stay one more year and next year is as garbage as the last th- uh, four years have been well uh, the one the max rookie year wasn't that garbage but the, the by Patriots by, Patriots by, by, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. by, by our standards garbage um, then he's without a doubt gone Um uh, but that decision needs to be made immediately. We, we, we can't have anyone sitting there questioning what's going on and, 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 and by, the, uh, by extension, holding the team because of your lack of action. I would give them Monday. Like, season ends on Sunday. You have Monday to, like, for craft and build and meet and have that conversation. Like, I'm not going to demand it that Sunday night. I'm just – I'm not. But – it needs to happen then that next, like before Thursday. Mm-hmm. T- to me, that's the timeline, and I mean everything in that, not just firing. I mean, like you, new guy has to be in place. Especially now with the NFL, if I'm if I recall correctly, the NFL made a rule change that said you can interview uh, guys on playoff teams the week of playoff. You don't have to wait anymore. So if you if you're you know let's just say for example the Vikings make the playoffs and you want Brian Flores, you can talk to Brian Flores the week of the Vikings playoff game. Now. <clears throat> huh. Forgot about that. I don't like that rule, but it might serve the Patriots well. Yeah, I I, I could, for some reason I was under the assumption that it that that just wasn't the case because uh, but I I shows how much I've paid attention of course because um you know. Just because of all, uh, you wouldn't really want it's to, a lot. to interfere. But either way, if it is the case, take advantage of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I really hope that there's uh, that has not the decision has not been made, and I hope that just because I like I want for it to be at least somewhat. I don't even know if it'll be mutual, but it'll be respectful, as in. Kraft will call him into his office and they're going to have a conversation that might last a few hours. But I, I, I haven't, I, I would hope that just because I think Bill deserves that at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I still, I, I, and I will also say that people were like, uh, people are like, oh, I want Gerard Mayo or I, whatever. I still think Brian Flores is the guy they should get. But I'm also going to contradict myself when I say, if you're going to fire Bill, 
clean house, don't have anyone with any previous association with this team. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to fire the Patriot way, don't try to get the Patriot way part two. Yeah. Just go. Just clean break. If you're going to fire Bill, just like if you at any at any point in Bill's reign, you're associated with this team, you're out. You are no longer a candidate. <clears throat> I will find someone else. I'll go to college if I have to. But don't don't go to me like, oh, we need to hire Gerard Gerard Mayo. And I'm 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 sure Gerard Mayo is a good coach. I'm not saying he's not. But if you're gonna fire the guy responsible for this, don't don't do proteges. Mm-hmm. Just don't. It's one thing to fire Bill Parcells and have him leave and then hire Belichick. Because Bill Parcells has only been there for a few years. Belichick's been there nearly 25. There's a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the task at hand, though, this week, and that is to beat the Denver Broncos, a team that comes in here after being, quite frankly, embarrassed. 42-17 at the hands of the Detroit Lions on Saturday night. They'll get an extra day to let that simmer. So all of a sudden, the Broncos are really hot. They've won now six of eight coming in after losing that game in Detroit. Uh, we know the Patriots are going to be in our lock here. We know that. It's in Denver. It's night. It's not going to be easy. It's never easy playing out there. Uh, do, do the Broncos scare you like they would have before last week, or does they scare you even more because Sean Payton has a chance to tear into it after getting blown out? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that – it's it's because the defense has gotten so good and the 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 offense has figured itself out a bit as well the uh it really does scream you know just be worried if you as as a patriots fan because uh, we have the lowest scoring offense in the league the defense is fine but again, we've seen that that doesn't really make a difference when the offense is the worst in the league. If it made a difference, we'd be about 500 right about now. Uh-huh. We, this would be a playoff game. <laughs> this would be almost a playoff game. Instead, it is for the Broncos. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I'm terrified of this game now. <laughs> I was already kind of hesitant, but I'm terrified now because I watched that game in Detroit and I'm like, oh no, they're going to be mad as hell. I had the same feeling I got before the Chief, after the Chiefs lost uh, the Bills. Like, oh, I hate to be the Chiefs. Oh, wait. I am the next opponent. <laughs> I literally, that's why I thought, I was like, Mr. Chiefs, oh, damn, they play the Patriots next. Same thing, I, that same thing I felt like after the Broncos lost. I'm like, oh, no. That's us. <sighs> yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. That's, 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 one way to go to bed in a really bad mood on Christmas Eve is to watch the team get blown out. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Okay, we, we all can agree here, right? We're all going to write letters to the big man, and we're going to say we want a Patriots win, right? Yep. yep let's That's what we're going to do. Okay. We're on the same page. Good. Now, let's move on to the rest of the not-depressing NFL. 
except for this first game, which was depressing for one. Uh, the Chargers lost to the Raiders. Brandon Staley got fired. Seemingly ding dong, the witch is dead. Uh, the Chargers gave up 63 points in this game. They were down 42 nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to Brandon Staley in a second because I want to. I gotta talk about that guy. I mean, we we gotta have the thank God he's gone conversation. But for the Chargers, I know you didn't have Justin Herbert, but the Raiders scored a grand total of nothing against the Vikings only five days prior. Uh-huh. And then they dropped 63 on you. <clears throat> how sad and how pathetic are the Chargers? How disappointed should their fans be in conversely? How much your Raiders fans are going, where the hell was that all season? <laughs> um. Yeah, if you're the Chargers, you I I feel like you're probably happy that Staley's gone at this point. Um, and just in general, like uh, I, I, it's ridiculous uh, to see. Like we we don't see any team score even fifty very frequently, and. This year alone, we've had two teams score over 60. Uh, that's just insane <laughs> to think about. Um, absolutely, and, and, and they not only do so, but effectively shut out your opponent, for all things considered, in terms of how little of a chance they have to, to actually win. Um yeah, you know, once you get down forty-two nothing, I think the game's pretty much over. <laughs> yep. It's, it's it's laughably it's it was laughable when I saw that. I was like, that, my my first thought as soon as I saw the first score update when I was peeking through, uh, uh and it was I don't know twenty-one nothing. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, yep, Staley's gone. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I was like, "Thank God, this might be the, this be the finally be the game he does that." And and I, I also had to tie back to my thought about the Chiefs and Broncos. It's like, uh, because who loses to the freaking Chargers? And I went, "Oh wait, the Patriots lost to the Chargers, didn't we?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we had, I I don't just, like this feeling. So if we had just one touchdown, just one touchdown, just one, just one, one <laughs> goddamn touchdown. <laughs> we won that game. Just one. That's all we need. Just one. All we needed was one against the Chargers. All we needed was one against the who be playing who be playing Germany, the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All we needed was that. And we couldn't even manage that. Sad. Uh, yes. Brandon Staley should have been fired after last season, after the playoff game, because he presided over a 24-point blown lead in the playoff game. And I will echo what I've said a million times on this show, and I will I will say it again. If you watch that game, and I did, the Chargers did not outplay the Jaguars in the first half. The Jaguars messed themselves. They moved the ball. They, didn't, they turned it over. The Chargers were lucky to be up 24, and they got what they deserved. Brandon Staley is not an NFL head coach. He should not get another chance in this league. I'm sorry, but he should. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you told me now the Patriots are interviewing Brandon Staley, I'd be like, "Excuse me, no." Yeah, I, I will call Kraft the senile old man if that happens. I agree. 
like, j- j- like there's a reason why, like, after you after you filed once, all right, you you might have in most instances, you're 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 allowed a second chance somewhere else. In most instances, obviously, Brandon Staley is not that exception, um, but for other coaches, you get fired that second time. You you literally should never be hired again because it's clear that your philosophy and the way you approach things is not going to win in this league. Oh gee, I wonder who you might be talking about. Hmm. Could it be the the guy that Vegas canned and led to this offensive outburst? Yep, he's one. He's certainly the first one. In the, the 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 guy who got butt hurt at they mentioned the two thousand seven Patriots. Yeah. In a bad way. <laughs> Granted, we were allowed to give Butthurt the 07 pages being bought up in a bad way. He's not. Yep. <laughs> like, I I think there's this overall, overall, just to go on a small tangent in this, is that. Ooh, a tangent. There's this, there's been this overarching theme and belief in the league that because you're good at one job, you're immediately good at another. And it's been pretty clear for uh, that that's not the case. Just because you're a good offensive coordinator or a good defensive coordinator or a good offensive line coach or whatever, just generally the coordinator, the you know the offensive defensive coordinators that are picked from, of course, um, it does not mean you that will translate into being a head coach. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because I was reading something about Staley, and they basically was saying he was the defensive coordinator for Sean McVay's Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, not, not McVay's Chiefs, Sean McVay's Rams, I'm sorry. And uh, the Chargers, like every, the article was basically saying everyone wanted him because he was viewed as the defensive Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's only one Sean McVay, and it ain't Brandon Staley. <laughs> like, I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking a young defensive whiz kid, and I'm like, have you seen the Chargers' defense? That's the weakness of the damn football team. We, the weakness of the Chargers has been their defense and his game management. Mm-hmm. You change one of those things, they probably win half the games they lost. Yeah, probably. And to your point... Just because you're a good defensive coordinator does not mean you're a good head coach, and he undoubtedly proved that. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett stares at him, mm-hmm. things of that sort. It's like Josh McDaniels, Matty P. Yeah, all when before they became head coaches, all pretty damn good at what they did. The minute they became head coaches, they bungled it. See, I really, I, I know why you included him in that, and I don't, I don't disagree with you wholeheartedly, but I'm going to give a little bit of leniency to Matt Patricia because I don't think he handled. I, the Lions cleaned house and they got a unified, uh, like the, the GM and the head coach are basically arm in arm and whatever gets done, mm-hmm. and you need that. That should be the goal of every organization. Yep. But if I recall correctly, it was less that Patricia was a bad coach. More so than it was, the players just didn't buy into what he was trying to get at. And yes, as a head coach, it's your responsibility to get by. And if you don't, that is on you. But I, I don't. I would get. I would give Patricia another chance in this league. I really would. 
because I'm like, if you, if you saw the Lions, they didn't capitulate in the way the Lions normally do. They were competitive. Mm-hmm. Like if you give him more time, they probably would have been all right to clean the clean the locker room out and go get guys that fit what you want to do. But I just I don't know. I to, deep down I feel like Patricia kind of got run out of town prematurely. It worked out for the mm-hmm. Lions, sure. But I really don't think Patricia should be in the same vein as Brandon Staley and Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I really he's, don't. He's definitely one that would get another chance. Uh, another chance. And I feel like, especially if things start going well uh, with his roles in Philadelphia, it didn't go particularly wonderfully uh, uh, for this first time. But no, but it didn't go any worse. But yeah, it didn't go any worse. So, um, so I, I think at some point we could see him back in a head in head coaching for sure. He, he's one of those that I think could, but I. But the we just obviously have to see with that. Um, but obviously McDaniel's never again, uh, ever. And Staley, this is the one, the one where the exception is you get you're one and done. And it's been very clear, you not only can't handle uh, the criticism, you can't handle anything else. Yeah. Secondary note, Matt Patricia for Patriots head coach 2024. I'm putting the flag right now. <laughs> I love being a hypocrite. It's so great. <laughs> I get to say you should clean house. You should cut everything that I campaign for a former defensive coordinator. I love being a hypocrite. In your defense, he he's he's about a, or he's almost a year removed from the team. So yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll take it. We'll we'll take that as as. Then they, and then again, Brian Flores is like, what, two or three years moved from the team? Yeah. <laughs> Holy hell, Brian Flores was there the last time they won the Super Bowl. Get him back. <laughs> he was on that staff. Get him back. Yep. See if Brady's doing anything. <clears throat> I'm sure he can find something to do. Still trying to get part ownership in the, in the Raiders, apparently. And hasn't gone through yet? Nope, it's, it, it hasn't been voted on. Apparently, they keep tabling it or something. Oh, God. Uh, no wonder he went and bought a freaking soccer team because he, and, he he got bored. He wanted to be an owner. And invested in a pickleball league or something, if I recall. Yeah, he did. He also invested in the WNBA team, the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, which I think they won the title, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. I think so. Because everyone was like, oh, got another ring for Tommy. Like, mm, not so fast. <laughs> he was here for like two minutes. He doesn't get a ring. <laughs> Could you imagine that, though? If he just like, I'm gonna display all my rings. I'm put the most recent ring I have. All of this Patriots rings at the very back. Then there's WNBA ring front and center. Exactly. Thing is, that sounds like something Tom Brady would do. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen a commercial with it yet. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the the mix up at the San Francisco? Uh, like with the Christmas pictures, uh, I did see a brief uh, headline on it. Yeah, they, that was funny. They they ended up getting one of his in there, in their mm-hmm. um, in their batch. Little, yeah, yeah, that was funny. That was funny. I like that. that mm-hmm. uh, secondary point: Who the hell does physical stuff like that anymore? Like I thought that business was dead. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, because like. 
especially I don't remember where they done it. Where he done it was it <laughs> CVS or or Walgreens or something like that. Mm. Every time I try to go do something like that at a Walmart, the the things never cooperate. Like you can either use a flash drive, an SD card, you can plug up your damn phone, and never does it actually work. You end up having to interact with somebody anyway, and then they have to fumble with it for about twenty minutes, and then you just decide it's not worth the effort. No wonder I don't do that. That sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds truly awful. Yeah. That's why you Shutterfly. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Shutterfly. <laughs> not really. Not really. We wish. It would be an honor, but not quite. Let's move on. Bengals beat the Vikings 27-24. Jake Browning beats the team that cut him not that long ago. Uh, don't look now, but the Bengals have a pulse without mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Who the hell saw this coming? Not me, uh, especially for a team that has yet to have a hundred yard rusher as I learned today. Uh, in, in my do not in, spoil that segment, Darren. In my interesting piece, I was gonna say, in my interesting piece that I read today, so no, okay. I was not going to spoil it. Um, so that's uh, that's awesome, uh, good for him, good for them. Uh, but it starts, it really starts making you sit there and go, All right, if he sits here and wins out this season. Squeezes them into the into, not the Super Bowl. <laughs> squeezes oh, them into the playoffs. Uh, if they make the Super Bowl, then I'll be I'll be definitely questioning my point that I'm going to make here. <laughs> but if they make the playoffs, you just start. If that happens, you start getting into the area of more stuff piling on this entire season. Not just for Joe Burrow, but any quarterback that gets paid a bunch is that. If you just invest in quality backups, you don't need to put all your damn money in one person. Simple. And again, I get, I'm, I happy, I'm happy for the players when they get paid. Don't get me wrong. Most of them, some of them, the exception, I'm most like, screw you. But most (laughs) cases I'm like, all right, whatever, get your money. The end. Do I think it was it? No, but get your money. Uh, But things, things that play out, start to play out like this. You st- it starts to play against the why we the pay this your quarterback or pay this play or all your money narrative when it should be if everyone gets something you keep more skill player you keep more depth and then you don't have to worry about when your uh, highest paid player in NFL history quarterback goes down and then you have to question if your season's over. It should yeah. be. I know I have good depth. Him going down sucks, but we're in a good position without, uh, you know, without uh, without him, and that's fine until he comes back. Now, if I recall properly, Browning was fully confident in himself, so much so that he was like, "This isn't a Josh Dobbs situation. I don't have the the coach in my ears." Uh, which this isn't a dig on Josh Jobs, of course. Uh, I don't have the coach in my ears reading off the plays reminding me because I've only been here two days. Um, I, I I know the system. Get me out here. Let's go. Um, so that's that's where I start getting with it. It's like, all right, if they if they may if they <laughs> the season gets saved out of here, you really start questioning why all these why anyone needs to get paid as much as. Joe Burrow, well, Justin Hubbard, etc. Um, when you could have just invested in quality depth. The number of quarterbacks going out this year, I mean, 22% of the league that started the season on opening day is injured 
out for the year with injuries. Yeah. And that's not including the debacle that is the Patriots starting quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and we've seen it so many times now going out in the league. Teams that have bad backups or not good backups are screwed. Teams that invested in a backup quarterback are fine. Mm-hmm. Like the Bengals built a football team. They got a good team there. It wasn't all Joe Burrow. It wasn't like it was a few years ago when it was Burrow to Jamar Chase, and that was one thing they had. They got dudes. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins out there make, making massive plays. I believe he's on free agency this year, so that's a point where they that that's a point they need to make uh, a key point for this offense. I think they need to make a point and keep in, in bringing back. Um, you gotta find a way to pay Jamar Chase too. He, that's right. He he is coming up near the end, isn't he? Uh, I think it's this year. I think. So you've. You've gotta you've gotta do that while also managing like I said, the depth. You've gotta you've gotta do it. I think more players need to understand that and more teams need to make it a point that listen, you're not the only important person on this team. Everyone is, that's why they're on the team. When we when we get to that shift is when you start when you see a lot of success. You know, he, you, you left out someone really important, and I'm not digging me, but you did leave out the agents. Mm-hmm. If an agent coaches to your guy, like, look, I know it's going to look I, – I know, you know, you want the, all this, but let's just take it down like 2%. Yeah. 2% over 53-man roster adds up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, uh, and I get it. The agent's got to get paid, too. I still would argue if you've been in this if you've been in this league long enough, you shouldn't even bother with an agent. But that's a, that's a diff, entirely different discussion anyway. Um, but again, I, I get it; they got to eat too. But yes, they hundred percent also have to understand that you, you're messing with a, a, a team and a player and everybody else who needs to get paid and who needs to actually be able to succeed. And you simply wanting an extra couple hundred thousand on your on your commission or whatever, uh, is it really worth dealing with all that? To our point that we talked about with the players, demand, college kids demanding stuff out of the portal, uh, I don't know if NFL players are aware of this. And I understand being duly compensated. I do. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. I mean, this doesn't apply for the guys making league minimum. This is not for you. Yes, this is for this is for the guys like the top end quarterbacks. You don't have to go out and have fifteen cars. You only drive once a year. You don't have to have five houses. You don't have to have all this. Mm-hmm. All you need to do, I mean, if if if, if you're a person, you can't live off of five hundred grand a year. I'll I'll even give you like a million. You don't need thirty million dollars a year. You just don't. You might need thirty million your entire life. <laughs> the ninety ninety eight percent of humanity doesn't make uh, a million, two million, and you know, collectively over the the working lives. So you damn sure don't need it. I understand that it's the physical game, and you want money to mm-hmm. to pay for things. I understand that. I get it. I do. And like I said, you and I have said it on here. Get the bag. The bag shouldn't always be the bag. Mm-hmm. It should be, you know, a reasonably priced bag. 
Yeah. If you like, if it, you're sitting here demanding, you know, up, you know, boatloads of money. I'm sorry, but yeah. ain't it? There's there's a there's a fine line between knowing your wealth and just being obnoxious about it, right? Like, and I, again, I also appreciate that a lot of these players come don't come from wealth at all. They they come from hardworking parents who gave them the opportunity to make millions of dollars uh, playing a game. Yes. Playing a game for my entertainment, for me to sit here and complain about on a <laughs> weekly basis. And that they're also they're doing it to pay back, pay that back in a way. Right? Uh, I fully appreciate that. And I, I fully respect that. Uh, but, the, the, but that doesn't negate the point here either in that there's still a there's still a limit where it's like, all right, are you playing this to make money? Are you playing this because you love the game? Obviously, you're playing it to make money. You know, you wouldn't be doing this for $25,000 a year. Uh, not at all. And I no. wouldn't expect you to. No. Um, but there's still, a, there's still a point where you have to really understand you, with, that it's a team game. You're playing this for the success of the guys, the 55 two other guys around you and the coaching staff and hell the practice squad players too. Let's just look at it from, uh, from let's cross sports here. Baseball. Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Shohei got $70 million per year on his contract, except he's not getting 70 million a year. He's getting 2 million a year for like 10 years. And then the contract is severely backloaded. The mm-hmm. Dodgers owe him $68 million a year. for The last like, nine like after like the next nine years mm-hmm. like that that's the hometown discount right it's go make the team better but it's hey we need pitching i might not be able to pitch go get pitching the dodgers can do that the dodgers have an unlimited payroll it seems like because they keep adding every damn person in baseball <laughs> mookie bets freddie freeman don't know <laughs> no we don't talk about the first baseman. <laughs> we don't talk about like, that. We're I still see, mad about that. I see those three names, and that's all I need to know that a team's stacked. That's just the first three hitters in the order. Exactly. It's literally <laughs> going to be Mookie leads off, Freddie hits second, <laughs> Shohei hits third. That's just the first three hitters. <laughs> don't miss the first inning of Dodger game. Right. Especially if they're on the road. <laughs> be in your seat 30 minutes prior to first pitch. <laughs> Anyway, but I'm not saying he would have done it because obviously baseball players are an entirely – I mean, baseball contracts are entirely guaranteed. He's getting that money regardless. Mm -hmm. Like there's no – the Dodgers are committed to paying that much money. Now you cannot get out of it. Yep. But Shohei, like every player that has an opportunity, like, oh, I don't need $700 million. I need $7 million. A year, but at the same time, the players' union would have been like, um, "Yeah, that's not how this works. You're a you are the biggest name in this sport. You have a chance to drive the market up. We cannot let you take peanuts, and then you know the New York Yankees feel like it's okay to offer peanuts to someone else who's really good." Mm-hmm. 
Like, we can't let you do that, which is why I hate MLB Players Union. But, like, that's a real thing. Players unions are there to get the most for players, and they've done it. Yeah. As, as a, a union should a, be doing, to be fair. Yes. As any yes union they're doing their be. job. But there is a line. Yeah. And <laughs> most players unions, except the NHL union, have well, have long since crossed it. Now, going back to the Vikings and Eagles, we've gone off on a we've we've gone off a tangent, man. We have branched <laughs> out like fifteen million tangents off of that. But if you ever watch Loki, uh, it's good series, by the way. It's like the it's like the branching from the sacred timeline. You, you, you if you haven't watched it, it's, it's I easy, have not. Easy my dad and brother have. Yeah, it, it was really good. So I've heard. Uh, going back to the Vikings and Bengals, though, if Jake Browning leads this team to the playoffs, we will take Joe Burrow in a trade. <laughs> I will happily give up the number one overall pick for Joe Burrow. I agree. <laughs> I will take him off your agree. hands. Um, I will be the happiest man on the face of the earth. Yep. My uh, man in Patriot Blue. <laughs> uh, Save the Bengals some money. Except the except the only the only way that's happening is if Belichick's not in the picture. Simply because they're not he doesn't do big money. Well, he also would <laughs> trade the number one pick. He would trade down. Yeah. <laughs> so it works. Yeah, this is also true. <laughs> it still works. I made it work. Uh... I'm just out here playing GM is all. <laughs> <sighs> Let's move on. The Colts beat the Steelers thirty to thirteen. Now. The Steelers have lost three straight games. Went from 7-4 and four to 7-7, seven and seven, and I don't know about you, but they're hitting every panic button in that city right about now. Yep. Should they be? Uh, yeah, because you, you fire the guy that's supposedly uh, the root of your problems, and you've not gotten any better except for the one game you had a 400-yard – you had 400 yards of offense. Um, I mean, you lost to the Patriots. And the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. In back-to-back weeks. At home. Two and ten teams. They're, if I Last I saw, their playoff chances were like 7%. If that. That high? Yeah. Something like maybe 3%. Ew. Something like that. They, but not, it has not hit double. They don't have double-digit chances at the moment. Uh, and nor do they deserve the, the chance, to be honest. <laughs> um, just worrying across the board. <laughs> you, you thought they kind of had it, they might have had something in place with the one performance, but it seems like it was just, a, that was the one-off. They, they, they were pissed off and trying to prove a point, and they, they proved it for, for a game. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we can say that. So, uh, the Colts moved to eight and six. Uh, speaking of another team with a backup quarterback, I guess the Steelers are too. But we'll get to Gardner Minshew now. Uh, the Colts are eight and six, and I don't. I mean, I, I before the season was like, I am selling every bit of Colts stock I had. I'm ready to buy back now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a massive loss for me, I might add. <laughs> uh, should I be like? Is this team a, hey, is this a playoff team? They're they're eight and six, and I think they hold a playoff spot at the moment, don't they? I believe they do. Yes, and, and that's again with uh, with Gordon Minshew and not Anthony Richardson. And I would I would like to to think they 
uh, they'd be in the same position, if not better, with Richardson because of what what he was bringing to the table. But this just proves my and your point that Gardner Minshew was never a bad quarterback. It was always solid. And this this supports that. Uh, so for them to, to still be in the playoff hunt, again, shows the point. Build depth. Build their depth. Then you don't have to worry about when your guy, your chosen guy goes down, even if he's a rookie. Also, they are, in fact, the last team in the AFC playoffs right now. As of right now, it's the Ravens with the bye. The Dolphins would host the Colts. The Chiefs would host the Bengals. And the Jaguars would host the Browns in the AFC. Uh, and, and while we're here, we'll go ahead and do the NFC app while we're here. Uh, the Niners had the bye. It would be Rams at Cowboys. Vikings at the Lions, and how about this? The Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, hilarious. We'll get to those. We'll get to some of those games in a minute. But uh, let's move on here to one of those teams very much in, in the in the AFC playoff picture: the eight and six Cleveland Browns. Who I know they won the game, but I'm not going to label this. They damn near lost to the Bears. Yep. If Mooney catches a Hail Mary that was in his lap in the end zone, mm-hmm. they lose that game. Yep. So, should I be praising the Browns for winning and staying in it with, with Joe Flacco, Joe freaking Flacco back there at quarterback, or should I be like, you almost lost to the Bears? I think you should, it should be you almost lost to the Bears. I mean, and it's it was a relatively low-scoring game, so it's not a, a fault of the defense per, t- per se. Um but it's still you. You lost to the Bears, who I don't. They, they're they're just they kind of exist. It's just really how to describe the Bears. They're not. They're not. They, I don't want to say they're horrible, because they don't scream horrible. Like you look at the game and think, "All right, this isn't something I should be shrugging off." But at the same time, it's like they're obviously not good. But they have good players. They have talent. They've improved throughout the year. Yeah, like and... the beginning of the year, they were. Mm-hmm. Now with Justin Fields back in the fold, they look like yeah. they're they, they, they're building something. And they hold the number one pick in the draft by way of the Carolina. I was going to say it's not anything they've done. It's because so, the Panthers suck. Yeah. So they they, oh, by way of of what they've done, put themselves in a place. To you know, to to build, to put more weapons on that field next season, and really kind of show us what they can do with the talent they clearly have. If the Patriots start next year, I'm jumping ship to the Bears. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I am a uh, unashamed uh, Dinos bandwagoner, but I also <laughs> have the excuse of my mom's a Dinos fan, so. I can I, I by by proxy I have been, um, just I chose not to follow them. My girlfriend is a uh, is a Steelers fan, so I guess I'm required to do that. But at the same time, if the Steelers suck and the Patriots suck. I'm like, look, I try, okay. <laughs> like, look, I don't want to be miserable, okay. I'm trying to find some happiness in this sport, and God knows they aren't giving it to me now. Exactly. Uh I mean, I, I, I had always like had some mindful with the with the Niners, especially through 
um, you know, their previous Super Bowl runs uh, when the Alex Alex Smith problem, quote unquote problem in in I think it was the NFC title game, like that last one he played with the Niners, oh, yeah. where he just royally screwed up, and then uh, through the Kaepernick, and then figuring out what all this was. Of course, Jimmy G, I based on Patriots loyalty, I was like, oh, I want to see him do well. So I've, I've had my own investment in the Niners in some way, but um, it, it, so it, it is very minor bandwagoning, but also it's bandwagoning, <laughs> but, but also it's bandwagoning. <laughs> but, but I never complain when I, I like, they've never been a team that I've sat there and like, just absolutely hated or didn't want to turn on a game for. So, like if if they were on TV, I was like, all right, cool, yeah, I'm watching them. So, uh, so I so guess minor bandwagoning, but bandwagoning. I guess that'd be the bears, the bears for me because, like I said, I I've had surgery in Chicago, so I had a chance to be there. I've I've gone to Chicago like maybe like twelve times. Some of that, I've been there quite a while, uh, quite a, a few times. I I watched a soccer game in that stadium, at Soldier Field, a nice place. Um, so I've kind of got that, like, and I've, and that my surgery was in Chicago in October, like in the middle of October, right during peak football season. So I've had a chance to really experience that town in football season. And it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. So I, and I kind of, I, I would not live in Chicago because I don't like living. I don't like the thought of living in a city. I just, I just don't like, especially not to say like that, mm-hmm. but I'll visit. I got nothing wrong with the city of Chicago as a whole. So, from that alone, there's my Go Bears thing. That's it. That's literally it. Yep. <sighs> Speaking of the NFC North, uh, the Packers lost to the to the Bucks. So I know everyone wants to talk about how Baker Mayfield threw for like 400 yards and four touchdowns and all that, and I mm-hmm. don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about this. We all thought the Packers were back when they went to Detroit and beat the Lions, and they followed up with a win against the Chiefs. Then they lost to the Giants. And then they lose this game by 14, which, as we all know, is a very big deal in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Were we a bit too premature to jump on the Packers' bandwagon? I mean, yeah. They've, all, they've, been, the, they've been worrying. And it was nice, in a way, to kind of see them starting to kind of get things seemingly figured out. Um, but they're six and eight and they, they really aren't that certainly without a doubt, not in a better position at the moment than, than last year. Now you can obviously, I, I fully appreciate you got to give a little bit more time than a season to, to for that. Um, but yeah, it, it, they've just been again, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, unremarkable. That's a good word. Um, and, and the people immediately blowing the, the very small uh, p- amount of people blowing up about the fact that Baker Mayfield's this only the second other, like the first visiting quarterback or something to or second to I don't know. It doesn't happen very frequently to perhaps put up a perfect passer rating at Lambeau, and I'm like so. NFL passer rating is so hard to calculate. Like, Who the hell cares? It's like, cool. He did a, a 
fully appreciate the fact that he threw for 381 yards and four touchdowns. I fully appreciate that. It's impressive regardless of who's doing it. But to sit there and go, oh, whoop-de-doodly-doo. He did it. He threw it. It was perfect at Lambeau. And ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. There's, the Buccaneers are seven and seven. But they would, host the, they would host yeah, the playoff game. They would host a playoff game, yeah. But it's like, all right, cool, fine. You're slightly better than you were last year with a 45-year-old Tom Brady. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a Baker Mayfield who I still feel like has played his best football already before, before this season. So, yeah. Uh, he peaked yeah. before he got here. He peaked before he left Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. His peak was at the Heisman ceremony in New York. <laughs> uh. <sighs> okay. Texans beat the Titans 1916. Tennessee is eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, the Texans stay alive. How big a win was this in the absence of CJ Stroud? For the Texans to go on the road to a divisional opponent and win the game, very big. Uh, keep yourselves alive and keep your, the hope alive. Should you know? Well, I, I don't think Stroud's expected to be back this week, Correct. from what I've seen. Um, but when he does come back, you better hope you still got the hope. Well, the playoff, you know, contention uh, because he uh, he could he can put you in it. Right, he's put you in this position to this point. Um. Just, it's just again the depth. Give him something. Another example of invest. Like Davis Mills is a good quarterback. He's just not. He's just not uh, C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a bad quarterback. Not a bad player. Keep the. I've said this before. Not being considered good or not bad is not. It, it's not as it's not a derogatory term. Yeah, it's like it's not the fact that we we use the term riding the bench and all this stuff. Yeah, it's true. You're sitting on the bench, but you're good enough to be filling up one of those 53 roster spots to sit on that bench. Mm -hmm. You're good enough to be on an NFL roster suiting up for game day. And you're the yeah, and not only that, but let's just. Say this, you're the envy of everyone because you get the best seat in the house. You get paid millions of dollars to, to be there. Mm-hmm. And unlike me, who would love to get paid a million dollars to sit on the sidelines and do nothing, yeah, you get to sit there and hear what the play call is and talk to the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. You live in the dream as an NFL backup. There's a reason why the, the, the main character in Blue Mountain State didn't want to ever start a game. Yeah. He had the he had the glory of being the on the roster, and that's all he wanted. The backup quarterback is the best position <laughs> in sports. Yeah, prove me wrong. <laughs> because when you cut, you get to sit there, you get paid, you get all the other benefits we just you just mentioned, and you you get the you kind of get the weight off your shoulders of if your guy gets hurt. You're generally not expected to go out there and win the game. Like ninety nine percent of the fans go, "Oh shit, where <laughs> the backups in there? We were screwed." Yeah, no pressure. Not and because then they if you think come... you're bad, they just 
the you're the guy they knew they were selling all, all those stuff on you're the reason out. you're the reason they opened they opened their program they bought for like ten dollars <laughs> like okay who's number 15 <laughs> oh god i remember him in college 15 years ago <laughs> oh no but um, at the same time if, if if the starter gets in if the starter gets injured we're screwed but if you, if you get pulled, if they pull the starter, you're the most popular guy on the damn team. Yeah. Like, if they pull the starter, everyone's cheering for you. They're like, hey, it can't be any worse. Exactly. This ass Bailey Zappi. Be, be Tommy DeVito. Get your, your 30 minutes of fame with, and and get a nickname of Tommy Cutlets or what? I don't understand where I, that came from, but hey, your fa- everyone's talking about you. Let's just let's just point this out. The goat started out life as a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Everyone freaked out when he came in when Bledsoe got hurt, but look how that turned out. Yep. Speaking of backups, um, Ju- uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Zach Wilson was back at the at the quarterback for the Dolphins, uh, not for the Dolphins, Dolphins for the Jets. It didn't matter because they lost the Dolphins thirty nothing. I think we all saw this coming, now, didn't we? Yep. The Jets are bad. Just bad. Have they been eliminated yet? Yes, they were Thank eliminated God. like right after the Patriots were. Good, good. We don't want we don't want that. Apparently, their other quarterback got cleared to practice this. Got like taken off IR, and I'm like, oh great, no one cares. <laughs> the the quarterback carousel remains spinning. Mm-hmm. Round and round and round it goes. When it stops, no one fucking knows. And more, more importantly, no one cares. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> I do care, though, that the Saints beat the Giants 24-6 to because that keeps New Orleans right there in the playoff mix. They had to have that win. They're yep. keeping pace with the Bucks. And if memory serves, they still got a game against the Bucks to go, I think. I do believe so. I think they may have two. Uh, no, just one. At the Rams, at the Bucks, home of the Falcons. Okay, so the NFC South is going to be really tight. How big a win was this for New Orleans? Massive. Yeah, very massive. <laughs> That's, there's, nothing else, there's nothing else I can say. Yeah, just yeah. very massive. Yeah. Nothing else you can say. Exactly. Now, speaking of the NFC South, who get out your bingo card from Sunday, Darren? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you did you have the Panthers beating the Falcons on your bingo card? Uh, not at all. <laughs> okay, either did I. And uh, well, apparently it happens. It, and it, but before we get to the game, let's talk about what the get in price for that game. Was forty five cents. Mm-hmm. You and I could have watched, have watched an NFL game for about what it would have cost in like nineteen sixty two. We for the price of a hamburger, for price no, for the price of like five hamburgers in nineteen sixty two. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We could have got we could have got into the game. We could have gotten into the damn. We could have got a burger, a uh, uh, pop, a uh, popcorn, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And still have money left over. Yep. It, I, I saw photos at halftime, and I can't imagine it was. It, normally, you see photos at halftime, and you think you have to premise, preface it with it's halftime. People are probably in the bathroom getting snacks. 
Uh, however, for this particular case, you probably understand that it was it probably was not more populated than what the photo showed. And I saw it. It was as as empty as I expected with with tickets going that low. And my first thought was I have literally played college bas uh, a high school basketball game, a little league. Little the little league elementary school that what what was it called in uh, in Fayetteville at the Memorial Building I forget uh, Ben Argento mm. uh, literally played Ben Argento games with more parents in attendance <laughs> than mm-hmm. that professional football game. It's hilarious, it, it, and I it's... still could have been there because we could have got it. We could have probably snuck our way down to the to right there at the at the end zone. No one would have gave a shit. <laughs> It wouldn't even have been sneaky, and it's been blatant, and they'd be like, ah, whatever. Yeah, just like, well, there's, okay. There's clearly the no one here to, to object. <laughs> <laughs> like, who the hell is going to care? <laughs> oh. Okay. I just looked up prices in 1962 because I have a computer in front of me, and I can do that. We have technology. Sometimes we question whether or not we should, but we do. The The... According to the Morris County Public Library, and I'm assuming this is in New Jersey, uh, a a a pound can of Maxwell House coffee in 1962 was 59 cents. We could have gotten into a football game for 14 cents less than a pound of coffee and still had money left over. <laughs> Think about that. Yep. Oh, no. Nope. Uh. <clears throat> okay, here we go. I found a thing uh, for the fruits. Okay. From a, from a ballpark, from like for a sporting event. This, I think this is a good, uh, good, um, it costs money to see a Major League Baseball game. It uses Houston as an example. Cheapest seat. Wow, the cheapest seat was 15 cents. You can get a 10-cent cigar, cotton candy, snow cones, a bag of peanuts, a small bag of popcorn, bag of potato chips, cup of coffee, soft drink, and a popsicle. popsicle. And popcorn was only selling for 24 cents, as is a large cup of, of, of a soft drink. Ice cream bars were 20 to 30 cents. Guess how much stadium beer cost? Stadium. Uh, uh, eight cents. 30 or 40 cents. Ah, okay. Well, then Still again, you can just you, you take a dollar, you, you know, take two dollars in, all of a sudden you got your ticket and you got your stadium beer. Yep. And here's that. Let's see, hot dogs and corn dogs, thirty cents. Hamburger, forty cents. Ham sandwich, roast beef. When did we when did we stop selling roast beef sandwiches at, ba- at sporting events? <laughs> I need to know this. <clears throat> uh, corned beef. When when have, when have you ever gone to a sporting event where you can get a fucking corned beef sandwich? Uh, I cannot say I've been to any where that has been an option. That needs to be an option. I love corned beef. <laughs> Okay, anyway, back to the not food-related things is I'm going to end up making myself really hungry. In fact, I already have. 
How big, like, the Panthers should not have won this game for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Is it a bigger deal if the Panthers won and in so doing screwed the Bears out of a high, of a, maybe screwed the Bears out of a higher draft pick? Or the Falcons, you lost to the Panthers. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Falcons are sitting there talking about benching Desmond Widow again as if that was the solution, as if that worked to begin with. Yeah, that clearly was a solution. It's like, so, I mean, and again, Taylor Heineke, I'm still annoyed by the fact that the commanders just let him go free. Uh, nevertheless, it clearly wasn't the solution when you replaced him the first time. Why is this discussion again? Why, why are we talking about this now? Make up your mind, coaching staff. Well, to that point, the coaching staff was under fire. There were talks about maybe Arthur Smith gets canned. So, how long has he been there? I think this would be his second year, huh. second, second or third. He's not been there long. Yeah, not, not long. I wouldn't fire him. I wouldn't. I, I, and that goes back to my general opinion of don't fire head coaches. It usually doesn't work out. But what do I know? It's worrying for them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hell, as it stands, Panthers still, well, own the number one pick to then trade away, uh, but they, they're they still in, in, in the worst in the league positions, so. so. Don't start winning and the Patriots keep losing. I don't want to be the worst team yeah, in the league. Yeah, just, That's all I want. Yeah, just, don't, good on you, Panthers, but don't do it again. Don't do it. Just please, no. <laughs> I live close enough to Charlotte where this could end up being a problem. <laughs> Speaking of those commanders, they lost again. They lost to the Rams 28 um, 20. Okay, like the Rams aren't back on track for beating a bad team. The commanders probably have stealed their own fate. Like, what? Like, they got eliminated. But yeah. that, that's, that's it, right? Yep. Uh, it, it, Matt Stafford. Filled in for me because I had to get rid of Hoboat and CJ Strad was out, so I picked up him and Justin Fields. Um, so, so um, yeah, he 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 got me projection. Cool, hell yeah. And because of that, I won, and I won the right to face you. <laughs> but I uh, made the playoffs, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, the defending champ is defending still. Yes, sir. The 49ers beat the Cardinals. And Darren, I want you to go back into your message with me, your text conversation with me, and I want you to read me what you said about the 49ers. Um, when did, and they're uh, standing in the NFC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, if we're talking literally without me looking at the thing right now, they're number one in the in the NFC. <laughs> I will find that uh, quote because that's yeah, I love the quote. I was like, "This is hilarious," and, he, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Is they won the they got the they got the, uh, they claimed the West. Dang it! Where is it? I know you sent it to me because I'm like. I, I, I like that was so great. What was it? Uh, Buffalo handles an imposter. Dallas team will get there. Uh, ah, oh, here we go. 
There is no road to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Oh, there are all, the 49ers standing in front of a bridge outside holding your bazooka. Oh, yeah, the thread. That wasn't That's you. Right. That yeah. wasn't you. Yeah, I, I mistook that. Yes. That, that, <laughs> I will I will uh, attribute that to Mike Tanier. Tanier, Tanier, however you say mm-hmm. your name, sir. In your de- in your defense, that is definitely something I probably would have said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It is definitely along the lines of things I would say. <laughs> yes, it is also hundred percent true. Exactly. Um, yeah, the just again absolute domination by them. There were, you know, a few leaks on the defense, but really, what what are leaks when you're clearly bailing out the water faster than it's coming into your boat? Um, uh, McCaffrey has 20 plus touchdowns on the year. Uh, and he's the first 49er to do that since Jerry Weiss. Uh, actually, what was it? What was the, the exact stat I found about it? Yeah, it was, it was that, but I think it was a little more specific. Um, uh, nevertheless, the man is a robot. Uh, and there's just no way he's human. It's impossible. Um, totally impossible. <laughs> But he, uh, one of the other things, this was an NFL history thing. He, he is tied with the great Marshall Falk with 15 games that where he's had a rush touchdown and a reception touchdown. Nobody else has done more. And he has, he, he's about to do that. He's about to, um, uh, yeah, that's right. He McCaffrey was the second niner in history to score 20 plus in a season, and the first was Jerry Rice, uh, 36 years ago. <laughs> I had the number one overall pick, I think, this year in our fantasy draft, and I panicked and I didn't take him. I had a chance, and I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I wish I had now. <laughs> I would be, I because the rest of my team has been pretty solid, man. If I had him, I'd be, I'd be leading our league, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that this, again, this team is, is the most complete team, the most complete team without a doubt. There is the, their offense, uh, just to name off a few that I recall seeing, but it was a long list. Their offense has the, uh, I believe party leads the league in, in yards, uh, they have their offense has the most yards after catch. Uh, I think they have the most or the receivers, some other something else on the receiving end uh, that the number one in. Um, uh, rushing touchdowns, I think it was something like that, like collectively. Um, they, they, it, again, it was massive. It was like seven or eight things where just these stats that just are absolutely telling of how ruthless this offense is. Um, and then they have that defense. <laughs> yeah, then the defense shows up. The, this Chase is, Young and, and uh, Bosa. I mean, what is yeah. This is the team that just keeps finding ways to get better when they were already good. It, it, they've been good since Jimmy Garoppolo got traded to them. They have been in that contender position, yet they've still found ways to keep getting better. 
if they win the Super Bowl, John Lynch should get Executive of the Year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the that that Christian McCaffrey trade last season, the best thing they could have done for themselves and Christian McCaffrey, mm. because he's on a contending team. He's on a team that can get him a Super Bowl wing he deserves. <laughs> because, damn it, the work he put in at Carolina, keeping that team relevant only because he existed on it, should uh, uh, damn owned him one right just there. Just, just give him one for that. Yeah. <laughs> keeping the Carolina Panthers into the discussion of anything simply because you're on that team. Mm-hmm. I can't disagree with any of that. Cannot. Not one word. I, I saw him make a, a uh, he, he was on the Manning cast and um, I can't remember the the initial comment uh, but McCaffrey responded to Peyton with uh, we just got to blame Adam Shefto. Uh, I even knew I was being traded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just blame him. <laughs> We're always blaming Shefter for something. Uh, we fear he oftentimes deserves it. Yeah. Now, moving on. Bills beat the Cowboys 31 10. Now, we can talk about how good the Bills may or may not be, and we, we probably will. But I want to talk about what Jerry had to say after the game. I actually didn't see what he had to say, so now I'm curious. <laughs> he was asked about what happened, and he said the weather played a factor in the Cowboys losing that game. Uh, no, sir. <laughs> the Bills ran it down your throat. That's what caused you to lose the football game. The Bills had like 300 yards rushing. Yeah, yeah. Josh Allen, uh, in his pre- the presser afterwards, said, "I feel like the guy who did nothing and still got an A on the Blue Project." Because he was. Because he exactly. Because he didn't have to do shit. Your 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 defense opened up more holes than the block of Swiss cheese at the grocery store, and said, "Free reign. The I, world I, is I, your oyster, Cook. The world is your oyster." I've seen smaller holes in the Red Sea. <laughs> I mean, it just like, like, yeah, sure. It wasn't great weather and the Cowboys are a dome team, but call me crazy, but I'm pretty sure everyone on that team has played in the weather at least once. Yeah. It's like, and it was in Buffalo and it wasn't like 10 feet of snow and 15 degrees. Mm-hmm. You won. Yeah. The, the weather doesn't account for 21 points. The losing by 21 points. No. It accounts for, oh, you botched a field goal because the wind decided to go gust 40 miles an hour at the exact second your uh, foot hit the ball. It accounts for the Patriots only having Mac throw it twice in one game. Mm-hmm. That's what the weather accounts for. Yeah. Not that. Now, on to the game itself. <clears throat> Is this a bigger win for the Bills? Like, okay, the Bills are hot. They've, you know, even if you discount beating the Chiefs, they still went into Arrowhead and won. Mm-hmm. That stands for something, apparently. <laughs> then you then you follow it up with a big 21-point win in the NFL, which, again, yeah. that's a big deal in the NFL. Exactly, especially against oh, a 10-3 and three team. 10-3 team, division-leading 10-3 team that just came off a big win against the Eagles. Or 
does it tell us about the Cowboys? You can't handle success because you beat the Eagles, and then you fell flat on your face. Mm-hmm. Well, for the, for the for the Cowboys here, the important thing is the Eagles were were the only team they've they've beaten that had a winning record. That's the only team they've beaten that has had a winning record. The only team. They can't beat good teams, and the Bills aren't a great team, but they've. They're 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 there, and they're not a yeah. losing team. Like, no. Let's just be real, and then they can't. And the Cowboys apparently are ineffective on the road. Um, so they're just bad on the road in general, for whatever yeah, they're reason. Three and, they're three and four on the road. Um, and that's not like uninspiring is the word. If you're not the number one seed, you're going to be on the road at some point. Yeah. Frankly, I don't think it matters whether you're on the road or not at this point. You'll you'll want it done in the playoffs anyway, as you always are, because that's the Cowboys' way. But if you ever want to have a shot, you can't be doing that. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's laughable. It's really, it's laughable. It's not, it's laughably ridiculous. But it's exactly what I've come to expect out of the Dallas Cowboys. You know who they have this week? Hmm. They're going to Miami. Have fun with that. Uh huh. They're going to, they're going to lose. And then they're going to, Jerry's going to be like, ah, I think they they were sweating too much. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. They're going to, weather's going to play a factor in that. Do you know how you account for weather, Mr. Jones? Do you know how you account for weather? (laughs) You go down there and you prepare for the game in that weather. Well, to be fair, the Patriots shot that it didn't work out. So does it really work? (laughs) It it gives you a little bit more of what to expect. I mean, it's better yeah. than nothing. At least you can say you tried. That's the exactly point. just you like a wet ball. You... Yeah, yeah. You can say you made the attempt to account for the weather. That's 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 all you need. Yeah. If you just say, "Oh, I didn't expect the weather. It got to me." Ooh, that's your fault. That's your fault <laughs> for not making the decision to go account for it. It's like practicing in the rain, mm-hmm. like. They're practicing with a wet ball. Like, there are ways to get around this. If you don't do that, that's on you. Ravens are going to Jacksonville, and they beat the Jaguars 23-7. to Did we learn more about the Ravens in that, oh, okay, they're the number one seed now, and they look like it? Or is it just like, well, you beat a Jaguars team that's a good, but they're not ready for primetime good yet? <laughs> um, well... I'd say they I mean, they beat a good team. I mean, the Jaguars have been again in the same in the same boat, but less disappointing in in a way than the Bills because they well the quarterback doesn't turn it over like crazy, I guess. But um, it, it's I I actually yeah I did expect this to be a closer game. I expected this to be a little just a little closer. Um, so I, I I'll say for the for the Ravens I. It's they they don't lose away. I mean, they've lost one game away, so they they have a solid winning record on the road, um, and that's good. 
but also, you know, if you hold the number one seat, it doesn't matter what your record is on the road because you get the comfort of being at home, provided you keep there. So I'm here for it. Uh, I would, I honestly would have liked the Jaguars to beat them simply because, I, again, chaos. But, you know, can't always go my way. <laughs> have you seen the Ravens schedule to end the year? I have not. At San Francisco. Yep. Home to Miami. Home to Pittsburgh. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that'll prove that'll prove whether you're worth it or not. I mean, hell, put up a fight against either of them, and uh, you've got to make a just, case. Just, but... just don't lose to the Steelers. Yeah, just don't lose to the Steelers. At this point, at this point, I don't care that it's a divisional rival. I don't care that it's. The, Pits, the, the Baltimore-Pittsburgh games are typically in your face. Someone's getting a bloody nose. You have zero excuse to lose to them. Zero excuse. Zero. Zero. And then one last game for our Week 15 in the NFL. The Seahawks beat the Eagles. Thank God the Eagles <clears throat> lost again. That's now yes. three in a row. Uh, fun fact, Pete Curl has never lost to the Eagles. He's now 8-0 against Philadelphia as a head coach. Wonderful. So God bless you, Pete yeah. Carroll. I, I I'll say what I said to my 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 Seattle uh, fan coworker. On behalf of America, we thank you. We thank you <laughs> indeed. We owe you the Seattle Seahawks a great big Christmas basket. <laughs> but this is the Eagles' third loss in a row. Mm-hmm. Where on the panic meter are we on a scale of one to ten? Where are we at? Um, uh, eight. Oh, that's higher than I thought you'd go. Yeah. I mean, I said it from the beginning. I said it three weeks ago. Yeah, four weeks ago, whatever. The Eagles are the most unimpressive 10-1 team I've ever seen in my life. And now they're the most unimpressive 10-4 team I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) They they are – it's apparent that – they would. They got lucky in many instances. They clearly got lucky against the Patriots to win by five points. They got lucky that Kadarius Tony doesn't know how to catch a football. Um, they should. They they should be eight and six right now, honestly. Um, and luck doesn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, no, it doesn't win a Super Bowl. Well, Malcolm Butler might want to have a conversation with you. I I would argue that was very deliberate planning, they, and very yeah, deliberate you're right. practice. Like you're they, right. All the and I and I say that because they they very specifically said they practiced that play consistently, and Malcolm Butler went in knowing exactly what he needed to do and keep an eye on. And I think someone tipped Brandon off. Browner pointed it out. Yeah, yeah. Brandon so, Browner picked it off. He's like, hey, they're running. They're in that set. That was being at the right place at the exact right moment. That was that was just very that, that was taking your practice to heart. Um, but you know, with maybe just a teeny teeny bit of luck, maybe just a teeny, you know, because you know, the the ball could have bounced off your hand or something. You know, you could have bounced into the guy and the ball went out in the air. You know, things like that. But for ninety nine percent of that was very deliberate practice and understanding the formations and uh, beautiful. Um, and, and the other thing, the other instance that I was immediately thinking of, Oh, the, the, what was it? Tyree helmet catch, but no, that was just straight up. That was just straight up 
skill. Um, poor we'd love ball to placement. Say, we'd, we'd love to say skill. it was luck. But... <laughs> very poor ball placement, but very wonderful receiver play. Simple as that. Um, but in the case of the Eagles, they don't have any of the, any of that. They don't have any of it. They they win because of the fault of the the opponents that they're playing <laughs> on multiple occasions. Um, so it's and it's hilarious to see it come to play again. You go you play to the next best of the at the time the next best teams in your conference in the Niners and the Cowboys and they can and both of them back to back take tones with your dead body out behind the dumpster. <laughs> Where did you get so graphic and descriptive? <laughs> it's all those video games you played as a kid. It's all them damn video games getting to my head. <laughs> uh, my my fu- my first scene I immediately think of is playing on my computer Grand Theft Auto Two. It's a you know it's top down. It was before it was it was uh, first and third well, the the third person views. It was top down. And um, you could you, you drove through the cars or whatever, but there were lines uh, of Elvis imposters, and they would just go, uh-huh, 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 oh, uh-huh. No. and then you could just, you, you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with it. <laughs> I know where you're going with it. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and if you happen to explode, you'll, it would make the guy come all the way up into like the camera view and then come all the way back down in like a parabola. It, it, it was just hilarious. It was <laughs> unnecessary and hilarious. But yeah, imagine <laughs> mean the guy who designed that and the guy who approved that. Exactly. <laughs> they they de- they were deliberate. They knew what they were doing. Uh, Someone's mom played Elvis records when they were a kid, and they weren't exactly a fan. Apparently not. <laughs> uh, but it was it was wonderful, uh, and they blew a lead in the process. To, to lose that game, it was everything coming together to just show why anyone jumping that had jumped on the Philadelphia Eagles bandwagon at any point from the, from the, the Super Bowl loss to now uh, should have been looking elsewhere because this is not a team that will compete in the playoffs, nor will they have any chance at competing in the Super Bowl. Simple as that. Because they cannot beat good teams. They get obliterated by them. And then they Dang. lose and then they give up leads to pretty solid Seahawks, pretty solid Seahawks team. Amen to that. And a backup quarterback too. Let, let's let's add to that. A backup yes. quarterback. Backup quarterback. This is the year of the backup quarterback. And But you shouldn't still be losing to a backup quarterback. And you still shouldn't be losing. Now, if you're going to go about saying you're as good as you think you are. Yeah. And, and, and I just like, this is one thing that I just, it was just extremely wholesome. I appreciate it. Uh, the it, moments that we live for, you know what I mean? Where the, the post game, or like right after the game, the, the on-field interview of Locke, he was just like, man, you, you just, you live for these moments because I, you know, you sit there as a backup on the bench, you know, watching these things happen, um, watching the plays consistently wondering, hey, if I get back out there, do I still have it? Things like that. And then coming out here and just having all your guys around you supporting you and making these types of plays. You just, you, you just, it's hard to have words for it. And I saw that and like, you know, th- like these are things you like to see. He gets it. 
exactly. He he understands the opportunity he's been given. Exactly. We move on to week 16 in the NFL. Starting off with Thursday Night Football this week, Saints at the Rams. Big one in the NFC. Who wins it? Um, <clears throat> uh, I, give, I would give the Rams in a close one. I think so, too. I think, I think, but at the same time, if the Saints mess around and win it, I'm not going to be really surprised. Yeah, exactly. Bengals at the Steelers. Normally, I'd say give me the Bengals every day, but th- I, th- this is the kind of game that Mike Tomlin finds a way to hang around with, hang around in, and they win like a last-second field goal or something. It's in Pittsburgh. It's the last home game for the Steelers of the season, so that's a massive deal in that town. Mm-hmm. And they know what's on the line in this one. I, I, I still think the Bengals win it, but Damon, I just I can't. I can't write off the Steelers yet. I can't do it. I'm gonna. I also will will pick the Steelers here, and I'll I'll uh, quote something that I saw uh, on on threads that said, uh, "This is the exact point in the year where uh, everyone and the Steelers fans go, ah, they screwed it up again. They have no shot. They they've ruined their chances of getting into the playoffs, and they basically screw around and still manage to get in." Uh, it, this again, this like you said, this feels like one of those things where they screw around and find a way to it, just stumble upon. They don't, they don't even find. They just stumble upon it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they haphazardly fall across the finish line and come out with a victory. I, you, no one understands how, but they will. <laughs> Especially since they're intending to start Mason Rudolph as the starting quarterback. In this game. Huh? <laughs> Bro hadn't started a game in like two years. And he's going to trot out there trying to win the most important game in the Steelers season. The, the fact that he was st- – when I found out that he was still on the roster like two weeks ago, I was like, excuse me? This man is still taking up someone's <laughs> roster spot? What kind of something are you smoking in that uh, uh, coaching room, Mr. Tomlin? Um <laughs> Because why? And you know, you know what? You know what? <laughs> the Bengals all the way. Screw. He's he saw Mason Rudolph was there. So you know, I'm changing my fix. Screw this. <laughs> One player decided, nope, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but in the same regard, it fits the exact narrative we have just laid out. They yes. stumble upon the goddamn fish line and not know how it happened, and there will still be a W in the cup. <laughs> uh-huh. It, it uh-huh. fits the narrative to a T. It's like they knew what we were gonna say. <laughs> the script writers got it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. NFL script writers, quit, write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Listen, the, the, the if their gonna... organization is inside SpongeBob's brain, ah, where is mm. it? Where is it? Ah, everything's on file. And then the NFL scriptwriters, quick, write that down in the same exact note. Listen, if the if the NFL scriptwriters are gonna listen to us, couldn't they have picked up on how we want the Patriots to win this year instead of this? Yeah, like if, <laughs> if you're gonna waste all this time listening to me because you at least made my team good. <laughs> 
like, yes, you answered the call for the Jets to suck. That's I, I greatly appreciate. We we will forever appreciate you. <laughs> the, the Steelers having drama doesn't bother me, but, but, but the Patriots still suck. That's not what we asked for. <laughs> uh, you couldn't even just flip it, flip flipped it, and made it nine and eight. Like, yeah, damn, a winning it, season. Come yeah, on. Come on. <laughs> Uh. Bills and the Chargers, also from Los Angeles. Um, yeah, this this screams Bills all the way. I don't care that like you know a team that gets its ass kicked wins the next. No, no, not in this one. This is not one of those situations because the Chargers are wholly incapable of coming back from that. Um, especially without Herbert, especially without Herbert, and maybe still without Keenan Allen. I. I I don't know uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I think he's questionable, so we'll see. But definitely not Justin Hubbard, of course. So, yeah. Um, and, and I would have to imagine that I, I don't know. I still don't understand after all the scenarios that were possible of knocking out the Chargers last week or something along those lines, that they still are technically, albeit less than 1% chance, in the, in the playoff race. <laughs> Um, you said they I, had what, like fourteen different scenarios? Yeah, it was something that how they didn't see, hit on at least one is beyond me. Yeah, I could have swore the the Browns victory uh, or, or was what was going to knock. Like just doing that would have knocked them out. But I once I saw that, and I could have swore I sent it. But I looked back uh, in our chat history, neither of us sent it. Uh, then I could not find anything laying out the actual scenarios for last week. At all. Like, I looked up Chargers playoff scenarios uh, or elimination scenarios. Could not find a thing. All I could find was they have a, they have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, thanks. I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for pointing out the obvious, dude. <laughs> but so yeah, I would have to imagine that losing this game, and they will, would have to be the official elimination. Like they, I can't imagine there's any way uh, that they that they're not eliminated. I would think so. I I I would have no expectation of any other anything else. Like I just I'm sorry, <laughs> but no. Moving on to Sunday, Christmas Eve, Colts and the Falcons, big one in Atlanta. Who wins? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Colts simply because the Falcons <clears throat> can't figure out what they're doing at quarterback, and it doesn't really matter because none of it works. Agreed, and pretty much for the exact same reason too. Dan, the Colts have been really good. They're five and two on the road. Mm-hmm. Can't ignore that. Seahawks coming off that big win on a short week, going across the country to Nashville <laughs> to the eliminated Titans. How's this thing go? Um, I don't know if if Geno's expected to be able to play or not, but it doesn't really matter. I think Drew Locke will be just fine. Uh, and the Titans, I don't. <laughs> Other than the, if they want to cause chaos, which I'm here for chaos, uh, I don't know if they give a damn enough. Uh, so give me the Seahawks. Lions first of two against the Vikings. <clears throat> this one's in Minnesota. Massive game for, Minnesota, for the Vikings. Big one for the Lions, but not quite. The Vikings need this win to stay alive in the NFC North race. Realistically, the Lions win one of the two games they have remaining against Minnesota. They win the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the Vikings get it in this one? I, I I don't know. I think I think uh, Mr. Campbell there has has the team uh, really honed in on what the goal is, 
and I, I think that they can they're going to try to put it away this week and, and just solidify that early and get it out of the week. They, they don't want to deal with any of that drama. I don't know if they can officially win it this week, but I would have to assume they would be yeah. like have one hand <clears throat> on the have one hand on the prize, so to speak. Yeah. Command. Yeah, Put them in the best position. Go with the Lions. Yep. Commanders and the Jets. Not quite as cheap as 45 cents, but you can get into this game for 14 bucks. You want to go to each other in New Jersey? Nope. Not for this game. If if, if we were talking, you know, DC area, I'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah, I can take an hour trip. (laughs) Why not? Why not? My my, my buddy, who's unfortunately for him a Commanders fan, and, uh, you know, stadium beer. Uh, Stadium beer. Stadium <laughs> beer is saving the holiday season since 2023. Exactly. Here's the thing, though. The Jets have the worst offense, and the Commanders have the worst defense. <laughs> this day <clears throat> might actually end up being 3 nothing. We might have two 3 nothings in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, it might end up being 2 nothing. <clears throat> if that happens, man... <laughs> I'm going to laugh so hard. <laughs> Thing is, who would you pick in that? Like, okay, I tell you it's going to be 2 nothing. Who is most <clears throat> likely to have that too? I, I would honestly, I would sooner bet on whoever the hell's going to start at quarterback for the Jets to Dan Olavsky it <laughs> than I would the, the, you know, than I would anything else. I, I would. I would sooner bet on that. That's a good, fair point. <laughs> Packers and the Panthers from <clears throat> from Sunday, uh, Charlotte North Carolina tickets are up twenty nine dollars. How, how is it the tickets are twenty nine dollars for the Packers? You a win bad one... Packers team, and then but for a division rival, it's forty five cents. You win one game, and suddenly you 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 think you're worth twenty eight more dollars. David Tepper just man, I don't, I don't know. And anyway, before I get in trouble, uh, <clears throat> who wins? Uh, I'm 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 gonna stick I'm gonna stick <clears throat> with, with uh, the Packers and uh, ignore the fact that last week happened because I don't think it's gonna happen again. I hope it doesn't happen again. So yeah, let's go with the Packers. Browns and the Texans. If CJ Stroud is there, different game. If not, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco versus Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. How's I, that for your? Uh, if you picked this uh, starting quarterback matchup in week in week one, I don't think you'd have had that, did you? Nope, not at <laughs> all. Um, I I say with uh, hoping for their sake that Stroud is is healthy enough to play and. Uh, Nico Collins is back. I think he's been listed as questionable. Um, uh, I, I, I I think I'm going to go with the Texans. <clears throat> In a close. I'm going to go with the Browns. I think the defense makes a play late. I want the Texans to win, but something about that Browns team, man, I, I, <clears throat> I I'll stop <laughs> short of rooting for them, but they've, They've got a little bit of something to them this year. Like that's not that's a legitimate defense. Yeah. And defense, we're in that time of year now where you got a defense, you got some. Yeah, that's that's fair. Jaguars and Bucks, a uh, battle of well, two thirds <clears throat> of Florida. Who wins? Uh, hmm. 
I'm going to go with, I'm just going to say a pissed off Jaguars team. Yeah, and that's how we're going to. the Buccaneers assuming that they're going to get another perfect game out of, out of Baker and he just goes, eh, what's a ball? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, <clears throat> that's a good bet. It's a good bet. Cardinals in Chicago taking on the Bears. Uh, <clears throat> this is a game Chicago should win because let's face it, I mean, the team teams have a combined record of 8-19. and <laughs> But at the same time, it's like, well, it's yeah. – the Bears have shown a pulse. The Cardinals at this yeah. point have not. Despite being 5-9, and nine, the Bears have at least tried to keep things interesting all year. Um, the Cardinals never gave a damn from the start. Nope. Just simply never gave a damn. And I don't expect that to change now. Oh, do I. Uh, Cowboys and the Dolphins, for the game, we talked about the get-in price. Mm -hmm. Tickets are going for $233 for this game in Miami. I wouldn't pay two hundred thirty-three. I would not pay that price to watch this game. No, so. I, mean, I would not. It, it's not no. <clears throat> but you've also got a team in the Cowboys and two teams in the Cowboys and Dolphins that don't beat good teams, and yet here we are. Mm-hmm. So, who wins this game? I I think the Dolphins win it by ten. What really? Yep. Wow. I I think that I, I think that. Again, being away, they just that's going to get to them. They're going to find excuses for that. Uh, the Dolphins are just too high powered of an offense, and it you know Raheem Mostert, man, this this dude goes off. You got Jalen Waddle. You got Ty. Uh, is Tyree Kill back? Going to be back, uh, or is he already back? I don't. Remember. I'm not He's sure. Briefly out. Um, it's. I, I I don't see the Cowboys staying in it because they do not beat teams with winning records unless That's it's point. the Philadelphia Eagles because they're they're honestly they're arguably not a ten and four team anyway. Fair take, fair take. <clears throat> Christmas Day, and I felt deciding to go up against the NBA, and I'm gonna tell you this much: I will watch these games over the NBA. Yep. First up, Raiders and Chiefs from Arrowhead. Uh, give me the Chiefs. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. What I'll... the Raiders did last week is not sustainable. Oh yeah, it's it not sustainable. Um, and they they may have a little more fire underneath them. Uh, and I think though, I would think that they've shown that Antonio Pierce is showing enough that he should be seriously considered for for the head coaching job there. I I that I believe at this point. Um, and the Chiefs, yeah, they. They have more butter on their hands than what I put in my biscuits, but I, yeah, I think that I think that they should comfortably win that. <clears throat> Did you see who had been floating? I I don't know. If, I don't remember if I saw this many like official thing. I just saw this on social media. I saw something that said that John Gruden might be a dark horse candidate to come back to the Raiders, and I'm like, um, uh, really? I would. Uh, why? Like, no. Could you imagine John Gruden having Tom Brady as his owner? <laughs> I would want them to be on hard knocks for that reason alone. Yeah. 
Giants and the Eagles. Uh, let's just say this. If the Eagles lose this one, <clears throat> we get to continue laughing, but we also get to raise that panic button, that panic meter going like 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the Eagles should win this one. Uh, but I will consistently root for their demise. So for that reason alone, Giants. They're a 12-point favorite Philadelphia is. <laughs> this might be the best game. We've got some good games this week. Some really interesting good games. Ravens at the 49ers to end our week. Oh. It's, ooh, I love it. I just love it. These are the types of games you want at the end of the year. Can't All wait to it. see it. Cannot All wait to it. see it. Now, here's <clears throat> the question. It's a five-and-a-half-point spread for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Too little, too much, just right. I think that's appropriate. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. But it would not surprise me if the Niners did blow them out. I don't think it will. I, I think the Ravens are far better than getting blown out like that. Uh, but on the same note, the Niners, they, they, they have everything in place. Every single thing in place to just dominate you in literally every way. Not only are they skillful, they're intelligent. They they can pick they, they can pick out they probably can pick your play before you even know what you picked at this point. I McCaffrey's sitting there analyzing the Eagles again during the Manning cast and called the exact play to a T what they were gonna run. I don't know if that obviously it's a it's a statement to his football intelligence, but I also don't know if that's a statement to how bland the Philadelphia Eagles offense is that your opponent can analyze what you're about to run. Has 345 Park Avenue opened their investigation into that yet, or is that just from the Patriots doing it? <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I, I still I, I like the Niners in this one. And, but in general, I think this is just going to be a really good game between some, uh, some really good teams. Oh, um, yeah. But I will actively be rooting for the Niners in this one. As will I. We have reached the conclusion of our program, and that means we get to talk about what we learned this week. Now, I have something that's kind of, well, it's kind of heckin' wholesome. Uh, so I'm going to go last, because sometimes what you bring to this conversation is... Um, well, it's not wholesome. Not as wholesome. <laughs> so, in an effort to make the last episode before the holidays uh, begin a little more not weird ending, you get to go first. Because I don't know what you have. Uh, I, I thought I had a little something. Uh, let me see if I remember where I... Uh, mm, mm-hmm, mm. Oh, uh, a few nuggets. Well, actually, I'll add this because this is a sports nugget. There, there are a couple sports nuggets. One of them we I didn't end up mentioning uh, when I was going to bring it up during the, the talking. But the the uh, coming back to the Cincinnati Bengals being a hundred yard lacking a hundred yard rusher this year, uh, both the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers have have not had a one hundred yard rusher this season, nor have they had a one hundred yard receiver this season um, <clears throat> and should they finish out the season like that 
either one of them, they would be the first team to not uh, to to end the season without a 100 yard rusher or or pa- uh, uh, receiver since the 77 Baltimore Colts, and that was a those were 14 game seasons, I think, right? Um, yes, back then it may have even been. <clears throat> Uh, no, they were fourteen. Say so for one for a time it was twelve, but by nineteen seventy seven would have been fourteen. So that's uh depressing. Another a thing that I learned today, this is another depressing Patriots stat, is that at the moment they are minus eight in turnover differential. Uh. Um coming into this season, the Patriots have went seventeen straight seasons having a positive turnover differential, which is the longest streak, if I recall, in NFL history. Just get like two or three in the next two games, then we're going to turn Zach Wilson over 15 times. We're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, but the thing working against him in that regard is that the Broncos and then the, the Bills uh, have two of the, or, or the defenses forced two of the highest amounts of turnovers in the league. Um, yeah. I think that the, the Broncos are at 25, which is right behind the Niners at like 26 or 27. Uh, and then the Jets are up there as well, surprisingly, at forcing 19. But, they're, again, it's the, the Jets offense that turns the ball over like crazy too. So, eh, unfortunately, they might not have much of a chance at that, but I will still hope for them. Um, so, yeah, there's just some crazy uh, things that I learned for in NFL history terms. <clears throat> I did not know that until you told me earlier. Um, I didn't know the uh, turnover thing. I don't think you told me that earlier. I, you may yeah, have. But I, I saw that one right before I ended up having to go into the lab and then uh, okay. yep. and then just in, in, I was thinking of sending it and then I got a message saying, hey, it's time to come into the lab. I was like, okay, cool. Okay. There you go. I uh, I learned something kind of interesting. Of course, like I said, this is the last episode for us before the holidays, uh, before <clears throat> Christmas, and then uh, well, we'll be back for New Year. But uh, during World War II, the United States uh, uh, military, the Armed Forces Radio Network, uh, Armed Services Radio Network, I guess, really, because is it the Armed Forces or Armed Services Network now? I don't remember. I think it's the Armed Forces Network, I think. Either way, it was a precursor to that during the radio era. Uh, they were like charged with keeping uh, morale high and things like that. And basically, troops wanted to know what was going on back home. They wanted to be able to listen to baseball games, and they got in baseball games. And then they were like, well, if we're listening to the ball game, why can't we hear the, the entertainment programming that we would listen to when we were at home? So they figured it out, like, okay, let's figure out how to make that happen. So they created a show called Command Performance. And what this was, was that soldiers fighting in the war could request anything they wanted, and they would make it happen. So I'll read from the Wikipedia article. Uh, Troops sent in requests for a particular performer or program to appear. And they also suggested unusual ideas for music, sketches, or sounds from ho- from home from the program, such as Ann Miller tap dancing in military boots, 
a sign from Carol Landis or Lucille Ball. Foghorns on San Francisco Bay, Errol Flynn taking a shower, a slot machine delivering the jackpot, and Bing Crosby mixing a bourbon and soda for Bob Hope. <laughs> Basically, if a service per- if a serviceman uh, requested it, the people who would do this, who put this together, would send their people out with a record. Like if you wanted, let's just say you wanted to whatever reason to hear Errol Flynn taking a shower, and then they would get in contact with her and be like, "Hey, um, can we record you doing that?" <laughs> and they would do that, <laughs> and that was the whole prospect of it. That was the whole idea. But the, the interesting thing was is that th- these episodes were aired exclusively for the military. They were not aired on the home front. Mm-hmm. Except for two Christmas broadcasts, <clears throat> one in 1942 and one in 1943. Uh, and one more thing before I get to the Christmas broadcast that I thought was kind of cool was that for the most part, like the studios, like NBC and like NBC let, let them their studio to use for the production of it. And the celebrities who were asked to help did not charge them. There were no fees. Associated. They just did it for free to help the war effort. They're like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, whatever. They said that I, the video I was watching about this basically said that if, if these had been like full on charged, they would have been the most expensive programs ever. But because people waived their uh, fees during, for the war and even actors unions were like, yeah, okay, that's fine. We're not going to require a fee. That's what happened. All name of the war effort. But during 1942, they played the same program, the same time in the U.S. as they did overseas. And then, in so it was a way for families who were like, "Oh, I've got a, you know, my my son's over there in Italy for whatever, you know, that's the same thing he's hearing." And then uh, in 1943, they did the same thing, but they also added in the ability for you to hear voices live from the front line. And remember, this is 1943. That's a big deal to hear a live, a live voice in the field, not in the studio and thing, but from the field, from halfway around the world. That's a big deal. Yes. That was, I thought that was really cool. And you know what the, the best part is, at least if you're like me and you enjoy listening to old-time radio, so this, you can find these old recordings online. <clears throat> Free to listen to. So you can actually go experience that. Like I'm, I, I, I haven't. I looked up the program because there's a place called Internet Archive, which I love for like old radio and stuff, and um, and and books as well. I've read a lot of books in the internet library, but I've not <clears throat> looked for the Christmas episodes. But I'm going to probably tomorrow, and I'll probably listen to them this holiday season, just because I'm like, well, I'm kind of curious what it sounded like, just because I'm like, well, I want to know. I'm curious, but yeah, that I did not know that. I also learned uh, a few more things that are not really appropriate for discussion at this time. Uh, <laughs> but I did find that I was like, this is kind of cool. It really is. It, it it really was a it was an interesting way to uh, to do that. So yeah, that's what I learned this week. Yeah, definitely interesting. All right. That shall be our show for today. This brings an end to season four, episode 21, the Scientific Coaching Podcast. So, Darren, uh, uh, thank you for being here with me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, for Darren, I'm Lucas. 
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And I'm going to have you say, I'm going to have you take us home, but I got something to add to that. So go ahead and take us home. Adios, everybody. And to all a good night.